0: I must tell you, in some respects, I cheated a little bit on this lesson. I, I, I figure honesty is the best policy. I, uh, I talked to one of my girls, one of my Bible-quizzing girls, some of you know her well, Sister Mast. She was a little girl when I first met her came through Calvary Christian School, and then she was on our quiz team. And I said, Jenny, I need some help. And, uh, and she gave me some help. So I want to give her credit. However, if I mess this up, do not take it out on her because I'm a slow learner, and I didn't have a lot of time to spend with her. But anyway, uh, I have a PowerPoint today, but I've decided I don't want to use it. And so, I and I and honestly, I'm going to just tell you just right up front that I'm just, I'm very frazzled with this lesson today. And I'm frazzled for two reasons. First of all, this lesson could be broken up into probably three Sundays. And so there's a lot of information to put in a short amount of time. But it was, it's just like the Lord kind of has dealt with me a little bit I guess it's the Lord, you know, because it's the word of the Lord that's just kind of spoken to me. And it's like there's more than just the letter of the law, but there's the spirit of the law. And so I'm going to try with my PowerPoint and my notes and my brain and my heart to put it all together. So will you forgive me if I seem a tad frazzled? But I promise you that we're going to hear something from the word of the Lord. Let's read the commandment that we're going over today. We're studying the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, uh, and we're going to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7. It's also repeated in Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 11 for anybody that might want to take notes. And the scripture says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Now, does this uh, particular commandment maybe scare you every once in a while? What what does the commandment mean? Does anybody here know? I don't want to hear from you, Brother Kilman. Just sit over there and be quiet. Oh, I'm very sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Brother Juan, he's going to pass around the the offering for the Shanks. And if you want to write a check, just leave it blank so the uh, funeral home can write whatever name they need to in there. All right. So if you have a check, go ahead and put it in. What's that? Oh yeah, put the amount on there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just don't put who it's to. <laughs> yeah, blank check. Just they would appreciate that. Well, they might not appreciate mine too much because it depends on what they would write on there, I guess. (laughs) What does it mean, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain? Come on, chickens. Anybody? What? Oh, yeah. Don't, yeah. Um... I saw on one of my uh, students' Facebook page not too long ago, OMG, and so I had to write on there, I'm sure you meant, oh my goodness. I remember when uh, Erica was just a little kid, we we were in the middle of a huge uh, revival campaign. It was, if any of you, this is so long ago, the Richard Heard Crusade. And we were going like nonstop, day to night, working jobs, constant. And one day we ran home from school, ate supper, uh, or put the supper on the table and we were gonna eat. I don't even know if we were gonna have time to do the dishes. And then we were gonna rush back to church. And we sat down at the dinner table and we both sighed. And my husband said, "Oh." And our little daughter piped up and said, I know what, oh, my Lord, means. It means I'm tired. (laughs) And so sometimes when I look at this, I go, is that what this means? And to some people, that's exactly what it means. That we should not uh, say the name of the Lord irreverently. We should not take it. Um, in vain. We should not say it lightly. We should not say it with uh, the sacredness. Some people say we should not, the other meaning is that we shouldn't swear by the name of the Lord. Some people say you shouldn't say, thus saith the Lord, when maybe it's not from the Lord. Some people say that this verse means don't say that you are representing the name of God when your life doesn't live up to that. So we are, we're going to take a look at all these different things. So don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Now I have to tell you that what does the words in vain mean? Well, if you go back to the original, there are a lot of definitions. But I want to deal with about three. And I think by the time we're done, we're going to be able to say, I think we're in the ballpark to what this verse actually means. In vain would mean to constantly do something. In vain would mean to speak something falsely, a falsehood, to say something that's not correct. Another thing, um, in vain would mean... uh, to say something in an empty way. In other words, I don't have something to really back it up. I'm just saying it. Um, the word, the Lord here, is, is there's letters. See, I don't, I don't understand all this stuff real good. Y-H-W-H. That we have said is Yahweh and if you go back and you do some historical research you'll see that it was a name that oftentimes this the normal person wouldn't say it it was so sacred it was so honorable it was from this god that that created everything and so they didn't want to say it they even say that when the scribes were Transcribing the Bible, that they would use different instruments to just write out this name. It was so, it was so precious. It was so uh, admirable. Nobody wanted to speak that name. Uh, then later they added some vowels to it. Whether or not they're the correct vowels, I don't know. And so then some people they use instead of saying Yahweh, they would say Adonai. And some people even thought that Adonai was so sacred that they shouldn't say Adonai. And so, I, you know, I don't know, and, and I'm probably wrong here, but there's something that goes into that thinking that's right. But there's something that goes into that thinking that I'm not sure is quite so right. There is a God that is magnificent, and there is a God that I am in awe of. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. To honor God, to think that he's everything in my life is an awesome thing. But to say, I can't say his name because maybe I just don't, can't say it quite right and it's too sacred. I'm, I'm just not sure about that. You go to Exodus chapter 3 and verse 15, the Lord says, And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord, God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. And if you look at that word forever in the Hebrew, it means always, continually. This is my name always. This is my name continually. This is my name. Uh, The scripture really does not prohibit the use of the name of God. A lot of what we read and a lot of what we've been taught in history, to me, looks like maybe a little bit of the commandments of man that have made its way into Scripture. The patriarchs all used the name of God. They didn't mind saying the Lord. Uh, The name of the Lord is used, I I saw this, about 7,000 times in the Scripture. And it's only missing in about three books. Ecclesiastes, I think the Song of Solomon, and maybe the Book of Esther. But there's also something that I think we can gain from uh, history, and that is we do need to take the name of the Lord seriously when we say it. It really is a bad habit. And I don't really think that's what the scripture is talking about. And we're going to get to what I think the scripture is talking about. But I, I don't think it's wrong to take the scripture and say, don't use the name of the Lord your God in vain. Uh, I don't think it's wrong to say, we need to be careful how we use his name. It's the name that's above all names. He's the God, the Lord, the creator of the universe. He's the God that came down in flesh and died on a cross. I can, I can maybe, I can't get to know God too much, but I can become so familiar, I think, with God that I don't use his name properly. So, what do you say, Sister Barkus? You never say, oh, my Lord. No, I, I hate to admit it, but I do. And I must tell you, after studying this lesson, I'm going to try to put a watch on my mouth. I don't think I'm going to go to hell if I say it. But I think there's a sacredness for God that we really do need to uh, maybe put back into our lives. Is that okay? Does anybody agree or disagree? You can disagree. It's fine. Then some people say, well, it just means you shouldn't swear by the Lord. Well, in the Bible, they did. There were times when they did swear by the Lord, by the name of the Lord. In Daniel, Revelation, the Apostle Paul, Isaiah talks about swearing in the name of the Lord, but he condemns them then for not swearing in truth and righteousness. And so when I looked at that, I thought, he didn't chew them out. Or swearing by the name of the Lord, he chewed them out because they swore in the name of the Lord, but they didn't do it truthfully and rightly. So I'm like, well, maybe. Uh, Matthew chapter five, verse thirty-three. This is a this is like history lesson, I, and maybe that's why I'm feeling a little funny because I, I don't teach history. Again you have heard that it has been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it's God's throne, neither by the earth, for it's His footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because you can't make one hair white or black. And that is the truth, because if I could, my hair would not be gray. But lay like, But let let your communication be yay, yay, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these comes of evil. I don't have to swear by the Lord. I need to be a real Christian and whatever I say, that's the way it is. Yes, if I say yes, that's yes. If I say no, that's no. I don't have to say by the name of the... I don't have to do that. Then let's go to that, that next little thought. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. In other words, I think it says, Don't speak for the Lord unless it comes from the Lord. Revelation twenty two eighteen 18 says, If any man adds anything to this, these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Well, hello, I don't want that. When someone says, Thus saith the Lord, what should you do? Listen, what? What else? What do you do? Some preacher, I don't care what preacher it is. If they get up and they say, thus saith the Lord, what should you do? What's that? Test it by the word of God. The word of the Lord is forever settled in heaven. So if somebody gets up and says, the Lord told me, The Lord may have, but He may not have too. If anybody says anything that's contrary to this book, they have used the name of the Lord in vain. Okay? So I would say be really careful when you say, the Lord spoke to me. Now, does the Lord ever speak to us? I don't want to scare you here. That's the reason this, this lesson's kind of like, oh, I don't know. Sure, the Lord speaks to us. I've had the Lord wake me up in the middle of the night and speak to me. I've had the Lord wake me up and say, tell such and such, such and such. But what he's told me goes right along with the word of God. I don't ever want to get to the place where I take his name and use it in vain just for my own benefit. I don't want to come down here and say, now the Lord spoke to me in the middle of the night last night, and I have a word for you. Now he may have. He didn't, by the way. At least not last night. But when I say the Lord said, I want it to be that I've used it not in vain. I don't want to constantly be the person said the Lord said. The Lord told me. The Lord told the Lord 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 Lord. I don't want to be the person that speaks emptiness using the name of the Lord. Just a bag of wind. I feel like, are, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Am I like off on the wrong page? I don't know. Maybe I am. And then, this is the one, though, that I really want to deal with. And this is the one that I... Uh, The idea that I, I really think Plays into this verse Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain For the Lord will not hold him guiltless That taketh his name in vain This particular verse This particular commandment Is in the Decalogue Now You know what, really, this is the part that just fascinates me that I don't have a PowerPoint for. This set of Ten Commandments is a part of the element of the covenant that God used to make Israel a nation, a people, that God called out for his namesake. This isn't going to hit you probably like it hit me, but Abraham is just minding his own business, doing his own thing, serving, I don't remember, I think it was the moon god. The family of Abraham served false gods. And God just reached down and spoke to him and said, I want you to come out. I'm going to do something with you. You're going to have kids, and I'm going to build a family, and and from this family, I'm going to build a nation It's going to be precious to me. You're going to be a treasure to me. And Abraham, you know, leaves, and he follows God, and the Lord eventually took him forever. God finally gives him a child, Isaac. and <clears throat> Isaac then has a child, Jacob, and then Jacob has 12 sons. And a daughter, by the way. But 12 sons. And there's all kinds of family turmoil, and they sell Joseph off into, uh, into Egypt. And it looks like, yeah, this great nation. But there's an interesting little scripture that says, but the Lord was with Joseph. Because, see, God had started this building of a covenant. With just one man. But when a covenant is different than our promise, because I can promise you that I will bring you a cake tonight, and then this afternoon I might get tired, and I don't bring you a cake tonight. And that was just a broken promise. But a covenant was different. It was this agreement that was like, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like it's in chains. It's like there's an agreement between two parties, and it cannot be broken. And God had made this agreement with Abraham, and it just looked like it was coming to naught. But as we know the story of Joseph, you know, there comes a famine in the land, and his brothers that had sold him off end up coming down, and they, they're they basically begging from him for food, and he recognizes who they are, and you see the hand of the Lord in all of this, and in, as it ends up, the whole family moves down to Egypt, and they settle in the land of Goshen, and they're there for how many years? 400 years? It's just a family. It's just a fa- No, it wasn't just a family. It was a family that had the touch of God on their life. And so God then, through lots of circumstances and, you know, I'm Skipping history here, really bad, but he calls Moses and he says, "I am that I am, and I'm going to send you down there to deliver my people." And you know Moses' gripes, and he's—I I personally think he's—he doesn't know the language real well, and I can't speak well, and blah 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 blah. And God's like, "Yeah, you're going to go, and I'll send your brother, you little wimp." And so between Moses and Aaron, they go down and they deliver this nation that really is not a nation. Just a bunch of families. Descendants of Abraham. But God says, I'm going to make a people out of this. I want us to go to the book of Deuteronomy I really like this. Chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 6, it says, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people, For you were the fewest of all people, but because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh the king of Israel. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments, to a thousand generations, and repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hateth him, but he will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day. Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which ye swear unto thy fathers. And it goes on and on and on. God takes a people that, they were not a nation. But he says, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. And I'm going to deliver you. And I'm going to guide you through the wilderness. I'll send a pillar of cloud by day and a fire by night. And I'm going to lead you and I'm going to protect you. And I'll bless people that bless you and I'll curse people that curse you. And he says, and then there's some things that you have to do. And some of those things are found, not exclusively, but found in the Ten Commandments. It's the basis. It's the backbone of the nation. Israel would never have come out of Egypt had it not been for the mighty hand of God. And so now we have this mighty hand of God and the mouth of God saying to his people, don't take my name in vain. I've done so much for you. I've called you out. I've placed my name on you. When I place my name on you, there's some obligations from you. I need you to be my people. I need you to act Like, I want you to act. And if you'll do that, I'm going to bless you abundantly. You're not going to have need. It's going to be incredible. When I look at this verse, I must tell you that what speaks to me is because of this covenant relationship with the Lord. I look at it and say, I don't want my life to take his name in vain. I don't want to say I'm one of his when I don't act like I'm one of his. When I say I'm one of his, I want to be one of his. The scripture doesn't say don't speak my name, it says don't take my name in vain. Use his name. What did all Elijah do? He used the name of the Lord. Oh, 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 oh. He didn't use it in vain. Remember, he's got all these prophets of Baal out there, and he's making fun of them because they can't get their God to answer. You remember that? What did he say? First Kings, let's go there. 1 Kings 18. I was reading this last night, and it was like, this is exciting. 1 Kings 18, 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, Let it be known this day that thou art the God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. And you know what happens here. The fire comes down. The name of the Lord is exalted. We need to use the name of the Lord. We need to use the name of the Lord in our life. Our life needs to speak Jesus. Our our life needs to speak Jesus by my actions, by my words, by what I do. But I can't take his name in vain. Jesus said, you teach for doctrines the commandments of men. Or in vain you do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. In other words, you're you're just speaking empty words because your life doesn't back it up. I think when the Lord says, don't use my name in vain, he's saying, I'm powerful. I'm on your side. You're on my side. Live like it and do mighty things in my name. I think that's what he's trying to say, but don't be a hypocrite. How many times have I gone out and I wanted to represent God, but because of things in my life, I couldn't truly represent him? I don't want to use his name lightly. I don't want to use God as a swear word. But when I say, I'm a child. I want to be a child of God. In my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. In my name, in my name, in my name. But I don't have the power from the covenant if I'm not living in the right relationship with the Lord. And so I think he warns us, Don't take my name in vain. Don't take my name in an empty sense. Don't just throw my name around. But be who you say you are, and I will come behind you with signs following. This isn't a negative verse, really. I mean, it's negative in that he's commanding us, don't take it in vain. But if you flip it around, use the name. Use the name rightly. Use the name with power. Why? Because God has formed a covenant with us. If you go to the book of Hebrews, he said, I'm going to put a new covenant. I'm going to put it in your heart. I'm going to write it on the tables of your heart, not on a piece of stone. We have a mighty relationship with God. Israel Who were not a people became a people Because of the covenant relationship with God And they had responsibilities To not go and mingle with the world But to stay true to that one God That one God that made a people When they were just a bunch of people I look at that in my life and I think Wow. In this room, we've come from a lot of different places. If I really want to get into the presence of the Lord real fast, all I have to do is start praising the Lord for where he brought me from. How's a nobody? My mom had a mom who never said, I love you. She said, I've never heard my mom say that to me. How did how did I end up in this so great salvation? With the name of the Lord on my life. It's because he reached down and in my bondage, in my Egypt, he said, I like you. And you know what? I'm gonna make some promises to you. I'll put my name in your life. You can be baptized in my name. Hey, me? Lord you don't know yeah he knows all of our lives, and so he reaches down in my life just like he reached down in Egypt and Goshen and said I'm going to bring you out and I'm going to put my name on your country and I'm going to make you a people Israel is just a little bitty nothing over there do you know how much havoc they cause in the world In the end of time, it's like, yay, Ra. It's like, how could that happen? God that said, that's my people. And it's that same God that looks at our lives and says, I'd like to call you out and make you chosen and put my name on your life. One more scripture, James. Chapter 2, verse 7. It's a question. It says, Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? I think that really kind of goes along with thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. He's put his name on my life. That worthy name. My life needs to reflect the God that put his name on my life. I don't want to take his name in vain. And I'm not just talking about saying, oh, my God. I'm talking about taking his name in vain by the way I live. But I want to flip it around. I want to be an Elijah. Hey, buddy. I know the name. I live by the name. And that name will work. That name will work. That name will work. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Just take it in the right way. And what a day that's going to be when the people of the name Go up to meet the man of the name. Wouldn't that be cool? And you know what's neat? It's like, here's God standing in at attention. He says, I want to show you the bride. He is so stinking proud of us that use his name right. You ever think about that? He's like, I want to show my girl off. Heaven stand at attention. I put my name on her. She was nothing. But when I put my name on her, she became something. And she lived and gave honor to my name. And here she comes to live with me forever. Oh, how I love that name. I've called that name at least. Ten thousand times and more, I've sung His praises, and I felt my spirit soar. Jesus My God, in vain. But thou shalt love him with all of your heart. And I think when we love him with all of our heart, I never want to do anything to cause shame to that worthy name. What a God! He's my God. Don't mess with me. I got this book right behind me. And it's a sword. (laughs) (laughs) And as long as I stay in covenant relationship with him, everything's all right. So, when you hear somebody say, oh my, you say, goodness, right? Right. Because we love him too much. He's awesome. When I get in a car crash, I want to be able to say, Jesus! Jesus! When we go through a funeral like today, I want to be able to say, Jesus, he's our comfort, he's our peace. I want to use him right. All right, I'm done. I'm just yapping now because I'm a woman. All right, love you all. Brother Kilman Say, don't say that, but that's okay. We know you think it, so goodbye.